All right, we want to welcome you tonight to Outpost. Thank you for joining us, those of you that are live streaming with us. Uh, we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful that um, we're still able to gather together, even though we are separated in our houses right now. Uh, those of you that are going to listen to this after we record it, we know that this is going to bless you as well. And so we're looking forward to God speaking something really great to us tonight. The message that I'm going to give was actually given to me when I was listening to a sermon by Pastor Steve at Foothills Assembly here in Fort Collins. And it was last semester he preached a message on the exact passage we're going to talk about tonight. And as he gave this message, it was one of those messages, you know, that just resonates with you. And it hit my heart so hard. I, I remember just being on the ground prostrate before the Lord. I, I literally had to lower myself down and I was laying before the Lord beneath the power of God. And I remember him speaking to me this message, this series, and putting it into my heart. So we know what God does in us, he, he wants to do through us. And that's true for tonight. What God did in me last semester during Pastor Steve's message that Sunday morning was actually for you tonight to receive this word. And the series that we're going through is called At the Feet of Jesus. We're looking at these different accounts in the Gospels that talk about people who interacted with his feet you know, which is kind of an odd thing uh, to focus on. But I believe that these messages are going to be really powerful. They're really timely. And in particular, the one we're going to read about tonight um, is just an amazing story. So let's read the passage together. It comes to us from Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. It says, Now it happened as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want to first look at the story through the, the lens of the lepers. You know, what's amazing is they had an incredible obstacle to overcome to get close to Jesus. And, and you know, when we are trying to get close to Jesus, this is true for any of us, we have to overcome barriers. There are obstacles in the way, oftentimes separating us from getting close to Jesus, getting into his presence. And these guys had a, a real barrier. They had the barrier of disease. And leprosy was no joke. Leprosy is an ancient disease that has afflicted people um, in certain parts of the world. It still continues today, although on a much smaller scale. But back in this day and age, when Jesus' time leprosy was a real issue. And what it was, it was an infectious disease that would cause lesions on your skin. It would cause different bumps and, and nodules on your skin that oftentimes would be deformative. Uh, people would get it all over their face, their body, their arms, their legs would be covered in these sores. And as time went on, if left untreated, which it, at this time there was no treatment, uh, the, the sores would eventually create nerve damage and you would lose feeling and some commentaries say that having leprosy was like having a living death sentence. You know, it was severe. It was so severe, and it was contagious as well, 
that the law of God, even in Scripture, required that lepers would be separated from society. They had to be quarantined, you know, which is, that's relevant and pertinent to our day and age. They had to be quarantined away from society. And not only that, but they were considered unclean in a ceremonial sense, which to the Jewish religion, becoming clean, being clean or unclean, defined whether or not you could enter into the temple to worship God. So they were unclean, they were ceremonially unclean, um, meaning if they came in contact with anyone, they would defile that individual, and that person would not be able to worship God for some period of time. And so they would live in this, this ostracized community of other people who had leprosy. And so that's why we see 10 of these men gathered together coming to Jesus. But they had this incredible barrier to overcome. And they approached him as close as they could. They were trying to follow the law, which prohibited them from getting close to anyone. And from a distance, they cry out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Isn't it amazing that Jesus meets us where we're at? You know, even if we're coming to him from a distance, as these men came to him afar off, they cried out to him, yet he still met them there. And that's so true of Jesus today. He meets us exactly where we're at. Maybe tonight you're feeling distant. You're feeling distant from community. You're feeling distant from God. You can still cry out to him, and he will meet you exactly where you're at tonight. And so he met these men, and he told them something interesting. He didn't tell them, now you're healed. He told them, go show yourselves to the priests. This was an interesting instruction. It was perfectly in keeping with Jewish law. In order to become reinstated back into Jewish society and life and worship, you had to show yourself to, one of a, to a priest, any priest, and that priest's better job was to look at you and determine based on uh, a number of symptoms whether you were clean, whether the leprosy was, was actually healed in your body or not. And Leviticus has chapters, I mean multiple verses, telling the priest how they were to discern who was, who was healed from leprosy and who wasn't. And so he tells them, go show yourselves to the priests under the assumption that by the time they got there, somehow, some way, they were going to be clean. They were going to be healed. So they had to go in faith. You know, it took a measure of faith to cry out to Jesus for their healing. It took even more faith for them to go to the priests, hoping somehow along the way they were going to be healed. Because as they currently were, they were still covered in these sores. There was no indication in their body that they were healed yet. So they went and on their way to show themselves to the priests. What's interesting about this is that Jesus, oftentimes before he heals us, he restores our hope. These lepers had to have hope that somehow along the way, their bodies would be physically healed. And so he does that with us. He restores our hope. He gives us a sense that God is for us and working in us. And as we move in that, it actually increases our faith. And God is wanting to increase our faith. He's always wanting to grow our faith. And he was doing that with these men. And so they go, and on the way, if you can just picture it, they're walking toward the nearest priest, and they feel something in their body. They feel maybe a, a sense of heat, which is often the case in people who experience physical healing. They feel uh, the presence of God. I believe they feel the, the Holy Spirit coming upon them. They begin to look down at their arms and their body, and they begin to realize they are being healed in that moment. And you can just imagine the joy that erupts out of the company of these ten men as they, as they look down and they realize they're healed. They're healed. You know, I, I've, I've gotten to witness physical healings and some of the greatest demonstrations of joy that I've ever witnessed and that other people have ever seen 
come when somebody is physically healed, especially from something uh, as severe as leprosy. I mean, they, like I said, it's a living death sentence. So they're getting healed from this thing. It was impossible for them to be free from, and suddenly they're healed in a moment. And that's the power of God. It was not just because they had heard reports about other people being healed. Now the report was true for themselves. They themselves have been healed by the great healer. Then one, it says, turns back, but nine continue on. And that's something interesting is this one person, I want to focus on him. Why does he come back to Jesus? You know, he lost his friendship with these nine other guys. We don't know that he ever found them again or he reconnected with them. He turned away from the fellowship that he had while he was diseased. And not only that, but he had to make a determined effort to get back to Jesus. Now, if leprosy was a barrier, can you imagine the other barriers this man faced in coming close to Jesus? I mean, he had an ethnic barrier. He was a Samaritan. Jesus was a Jew. In that culture, in that time, Jews and Samaritans had no dealings with one another. Not only that, there was a religious barrier. Being a Samaritan, he was not admitted into the Jewish temple. He had no right to the authentic worship of Yahweh that was available only to the Jews. And not only that, but this man had a spiritual barrier. He was a sinner. And here he was approaching the holiest man who had ever walked the earth. How did he cut through all these barriers? It was simple. It was through his gratitude. Gratitude cuts through every barrier in our life which would prohibit us from coming close to Jesus. He was able to fall at the feet of Jesus and get close enough to touch Jesus because of his gratitude. And that's true for you and I. Gratitude will cut through any barrier you're facing tonight. If it's personal guilt, if it's failure, if it's a sense of dryness in your spiritual walk with God. When you practice gratitude, when you enact gratitude, when you, when you go to God just simply wanting to bring thanks to him, you will come closer to him that way than through any other means. It will cut through everything that's keeping you distant from God tonight, just as it cut through for this man every barrier preventing him from getting close to Jesus Christ. And as he gets close to Jesus, what's interesting is the other nine that go on their way, they missed it. We see in the reaction of Jesus that he was actually disappointed with the nine for going on their way. Now, how could Jesus be disappointed with people who were following exactly what he told them to do. I mean, he had told them, go show yourselves to the priests. They're fulfilling his instruction. They're obeying him. They, they must have been thinking in their hearts in that moment when they were healed, how exciting it would be to go back into Jewish life. How exciting it would be to go back to their friends and their family, who they had missed for literally, I mean, who knows how long. We're not told how long that they, they had been in this state of leprosy. Not only that, but they're beginning to imagine, and maybe they're beginning to dream of going back to the temple and offering sacrifices to God, the heart of Jewish worship. And maybe they're thinking, I need to get back to this priest, because not only uh, did Jesus tell me to do this, but Jewish law commands it, and as a good, holy Jewish man, I must obey the law. And so these nine now go on their way, fulfilling what Jesus has said. I want to look at this, because this is so wild, that they... Even though they're following what Jesus said, they're, they're yet, they missed it. And I think that's a word for us tonight. Why did this one guy get it and they missed it? Here's one clue. God is not a God who is 
completely concerned about his commands. I think in people's minds, they think of God and commandments as synonymous. They think God is just bossy, or God is a taskmaster, or God is just authority. And all they see, or all they think about when they think about God is his authority. But God is actually not just concerned with his authority, right? This is amazing. God wants something more from us that a command will not provide. You know the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? The greatest commandment is not the greatest thing in the world because the greatest commandment, even though it is to love God, is still a commandment. I think it's actually sad that God had to command us to love Him. Shouldn't we love Him? If the world were right, we would love Him naturally. There would be no need for God to tell us to love Him because of how lovely He is naturally. It makes sense. We, would, we should be totally madly in love with Him because of who He is, how valuable He is in and of Himself. I think the fact that He has to command love is sad. It's actually, uh, it, it shouldn't be that way. It's a condescension on His behalf. And you see this Samaritan man who went to Jesus in gratitude. The interesting thing is he inadvertently fulfilled the law without even trying. And I think that's what you and I need tonight. We need to fulfill the law of God without trying to cross our T's and dot our I's, without trying to do it. We need to fulfill the law out of spontaneous obedience. That's what God is after in our hearts. And that's what he got from this Samaritan. The, in his gratitude, he actually fulfilled the law better than the nine without even trying to. Here's how. Look, the other nine, they went to go show themselves to a priest to declare them clean. But this man, the Samaritan, went inadvertently, he didn't even really know it, to the high priest, the high priest who makes intercession for us for all of eternity, God's high priest, who not only had the power to declare clean, he has the power to make clean, right? And not only did these, these nine men, they, they had hopes of entering back into the temple, which was built by human hands which was constructed by men and eventually was destroyed in AD 70. This Samaritan went inadvertently, maybe he didn't know it, but he did this in his gratitude. He went to the true temple where God's presence has dwelt for all of eternity. And so he actually went to the eternal temple of God where, where it says in Colossians, the fullness of the deity dwelt in him bodily. The actual temple of God was allowed and opened up to this Samaritan where he was able to worship God himself. Right? So he fulfilled the law through his gratitude. Not only that, but he gained far more than the nine did through his gratitude. By giving God gratitude, he actually received even more than he gave. Right? He received from God the ability to worship God directly. He was able to go to the feet of Jesus Christ, the feet of the Savior of the world, the feet of the Son of God, the feet of the Most High God in incarnate flesh. He was able to worship Him there. The other nine missed that privilege. And Jesus says to him, Rise and go your way. Jesus gives him two things in that, those two commands. Going your way. Isn't it interesting Jesus didn't say to him, I want you to get up, I want you to go evangelize, witness to the other Samaritans, Jesus didn't say, I want you to serve me. Jesus didn't say, I want you to follow me. He didn't say, I want you to do these things for me. He said, go your way. What Jesus gave this man was freedom. 
Galatians tells us in chapter 5, it is for freedom that you have been set free. You see, God loves you so much, He has no agenda in loving you. He sets us free just to be free. Not so that you'll be a better servant, not so that you'll be able to serve Him better, not so that you'll be a better witness or disciple maker or any of these things. He just sets you free to be free. And actually, out of our freedom, we become better servants, we become better disciple makers than we ever would be without it. I imagine this man, I like to picture him actually going back to his village. What do you think he would do after this encounter with Jesus? Of course he's going to tell his family. He's going to tell his neighbors. He's never going to shut up about it. He's going to go on for the rest of his life talking about Jesus Christ. Not only that, he's going he's gonna to worship God, I believe, for the rest of his life and into eternity. I wonder if that great revival that happens in Samaria in the book of Acts was instigated in large part because of this leper who went back home and told his people what Jesus Christ had done for him. Right? This man, he fulfilled the law of God. I believe he kept fulfilling it probably for the rest of his life. And that's true of us. You see, freedom enables us to obey God like no command ever could make us do. And that's what Jesus wants to give you tonight. Not only that, this is, this is what's so beautiful. He says to the man, arise. He didn't want this man to just grovel at his feet forever. Jesus says, rise up. Jesus gives him, this is, this is mind-blowing. You ready for this? Jesus gives him equality. Jesus says, I want you to be my friend. Can you picture when this man, he's laying on the ground before Jesus at his feet, when he would stand up and look at Jesus eye to eye, face to face, in that moment, Jesus gave him friendship. It's mind-blowing how much Jesus gave this man, all because he just turned around in gratitude. He received far more than he ever could have imagined. He received a relationship with Jesus. And the other nine, all they got was their healing, which was incredible. But there was so much more that Jesus wanted to give that they couldn't receive because they lacked the gratitude to turn back. I have seen so many people in ministry, I've been in ministry for a number of years, who have been touched by God, healed by God, who have gone to altar calls, received salvation from God, but because they didn't come back in gratitude, I never saw those people again. They went and, and did their own life. They went about and did their own things. And I, I see them being like the nine. It's so easy to do, to just say, okay, thank you, Jesus, for this touch. Thank you, Jesus, for this healing. I'm just going to go about my way. But what I believe Jesus has for us tonight is he wants us to be grateful. And I, I want to bring forth one, one, one more thing about Jesus here that, that's just going to help you be grateful for him. You see, Jesus, when the cries of his men hurt, were, came to his ears, when Jesus heard their cries for mercy, it awakened in him uh, like an echo, like a reflex, a desire to be merciful to them. You see, our cries awaken the mercy of God. And like a reflex, it will respond every single time. And then, His mercy on us, when we receive it, it awakens an echo back in us to be grateful. Gratitude is a reflex. It's, it's just a response to what God's done in us. It's a natural response. So when nine men didn't come back grateful, we can see why Jesus was surprised by that. Because it should have been a reflex. It should have been a natural response to this overwhelming act of mercy in the healing of their leprosy, of their living death sentence. Yet they didn't come back. However, 
I want you to understand something tonight, Outpost. That your cries for mercy will never fail to awaken that echo in the heart of God. Even though we may fail to respond as we should, He will never fail to respond as He will and He should. He will always respond with mercy. You, will, you can always count on God. No matter what you go through, when you cry out to Him, I promise you, it is a promise of Scripture that Jesus will respond to that with mercy and compassion. And what's amazing, even still, is that Jesus in this story healed nine men who were ungrateful. Jesus heals the ungrateful. How incredible. He heals atheists who get up and are still atheists. He heals people who give him no thanks. He does things for people who will never thank him. Why does God do that? It is because this one great reason. Jesus Christ is love. You know, God really does love us. He really does. He really loves us. He gives us things for free. Like I said, with no agenda, no strings attached. And he gave these men their healing, even though they wouldn't come back to thank him. We have much to be thankful for in this season. There is so much to be thankful for. We have our salvation. Those of you that are in the family of God, that have received that from Jesus, you have your salvation to thank him for 10 times a day, you know, that you should be thanking God over and over and over. Your salvation from your sin is far greater than the, the healing of this leprosy that these men received. Your, our salvation from sin, it, is, it was a much worse, worse death sentence on us that we had that God delivered us from. We have something so magnificent to thank him for. But even more than that, I want to challenge you. Would you thank God, not just for what he's done for you, but for who he is? I hope this story tonight, I hope this has led you into the presence of God in a way where you are just thanking him for being who he is. Thank you, Jesus, that you are love. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us like this. Thank you, Jesus, that you heal us of our diseases. Thank you, Jesus, that you are watching over us. Thank you, Jesus, that your mercy is coming to our rescue even tonight. Thank you, Outpost, for listening Thank you for being with us during this, uh, this time. And I, I just want to leave you with, with some questions to discuss with your small group. And I'm going to pray over us to close. Ask one another in your small group discussions, what am I thankful for? Find things to be thankful for and then thank God together for those things. Maybe reflect and, and ask yourself, what have I not been thankful for that I should be? Have I been ungrateful? Have I been complaining? when I should be grateful. You know, examine your heart in that matter. And then I want you to think about what are ways that you can express gratitude. Maybe you need to be like this man. You need to get alone in your room tonight and lay down on the ground at the feet of Jesus. You know, that opportunity is available to you. Maybe you physically need to lay down before him, prostrate in your room and worship. Or maybe there's another act, uh, expression of gratitude you can perform. But I encourage you to, to pursue gratitude in this season. I believe this is a word for us tonight as a community. Father God, we thank you so much for your heart for us. Thank you, Jesus, that just like these ten men who had nothing in themselves to position themselves to receive your mercy except for the fact that you are merciful, they were still able to receive it. God, I ask on behalf of Outposts that we would cry out like these ten men and say, God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on our city. Have mercy on our world in this time of virus. Lord, would you heal the world just as you healed these ten men. You have been healing all diseases 
all the time, Lord. That is your that is your great occupation in our world is fighting the forces of darkness and evil and combating the works of the devil. So would you end the work of the devil in this virus? Would you would you destroy the coronavirus all across the globe, specifically here in northern Colorado, here at CSU, here in our families. Lord, would you protect us, Lord God? We pray in the name of Jesus. We come to you just like these men. And specifically, God, we come to you like the one man who turned back. I pray that would be true of us as a community. We would be a community of people who would turn back to you like this one, who would come back to you in gratitude. We would forsake maybe even fellowship and ties and, and things that would, would tether us away from that. We would forsake those things and come after you, Jesus, like the one. I pray that tonight we would experience and enter into a new level of gratitude. And you would help us enter into gratitude. Lord, that's my prayer for Outpost tonight, is that we would receive gratitude like a reflex. It would be like an echo in our hearts where we couldn't contain it, and it would lead us past every barrier that's prevented us from getting close to you in this season. It's in your name we pray, Jesus, with great expectancy. Amen. Have a great night tonight, and we love you so much. Cool. It exceeded the four gigabyte limit. It'll be split into two files. That's fine. <laughs> as long as it's all. <laughs> How long was it? I don't know. I don't.